Hello, hello, hello. We are Adechi, Solomon and Adra. Adra, Adra and Solomon. Solomon. Whichever way you want to say it, really. And you're listening to Afro Mythos, the podcast where we discuss all things African mythology, folklore and culture. Thank you for taking the time to explore this amazing world with us. Thank you. <laughs> Firstly, we would like to apologise for recording and releasing this episode a couple of weeks late. It was my 25th birthday and we were taking woo, woo. a... <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> we were taking a big dose of chill up in Scotland, Edinburgh. Yeah, honestly, there were saunas, steam rooms, mm-hmm. hydro pools, relaxation, <laughs> good food and more. Although we won't be eating steak for a while. It was experience. Anyway, we are refreshed, back home and ready to go with this minisode. So... This week, we'll be telling you about some trickster stories. Yeah, so if you happen to stumble across this episode and don't know much about tricksters, especially African tricksters, then take a look at our last episode, Diluted Wisdom. Yeah, then you'll know all about it. Yeah. Now, before we start, I kind of want to help set the scene for our our listeners. Go ahead, go ahead. Just imagine it's a cold, rainy day. Yeah. Cold, rainy winter's day. Mm. It'd be cold these days, don't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And I really want you to imagine these stories being told with a nice, warm drink in hand. What's mm. your drink of choice? Sticky toffee hot chocolate, because that's what I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mine? It's a Negroni. Huh? Spagaliato. <laughs> with Prosecco. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's a oh lie. I God. hate Prosecco. <laughs> oh, I love that reference. Thank you. Yeah, um, my drink would really be like a nice, warm ginger drink with cinnamon sticks in it. Ooh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Check out our friends, Root to Ginger, if you're in the UK. Yeah, yeah they do amazing ginger drinks. drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I can imagine a fireplace crackling, you know, and the ambience is like dim with a hint of Christmas. Mm. And Udi's on. Udi's on, comfort, you know, you might get a blanket, you know. Or four blankets. Yeah, <laughs> as many as you need. Don't turn on the heat because it's a crisis here. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's in this background that we'll tell our first story. Okay, so the first story I have, well, my one and only story today, <laughs> is called A Nancy and Nothing. Ooh. Yeah, so this is an Anansi story. Okay. Wait, before you drink, let me just... Some ASMR for the people. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. Am I ready? Yep. Are the listeners ready? Of course. I think they are. Okay, so here it goes. Anansi and nothing. So, near Anansi's miserable little hut, there was a fine palace where lived a very rich man called Nothing. Nothing and Anansi proposed one day to go to the neighbouring town to get some wives. Accordingly, they set off together. Nothing being a rich man wore a very fine velvet cloth, while Anansi had a ragged cotton one. While they were on their way, Anansi persuaded Nothing to change his clothes for a little while, promising to give back the fine velvet before they reached the town. He delayed doing this, however, first on one pretext, then on another, till they arrived at their destination. Anansi, being dressed in such a fine garment, found no difficulty in getting as many wives as he wished. Poor Nothing, with his ragged and miserable cloth, was treated with great contempt. At first, he could not even get one wife. At last, however, a woman took pity on him and gave him her daughter. 
the poor girl was laughed at and very heartily by Nancy's wives for choosing such a beggar as nothing appeared to be. She wisely took no notice of their scorn. So they par- so the party set off for home. While they reached the crossroads leading to their respective houses, the women were astonished. The road leading to Nancy's house was only half cleared. The one which led to Nancy's, <laughs> the one which led to nothing's palace was, of course, wide and well made. Not only so, but his servants had strewn it with beautiful skins and carpets in preparation for his return. Servants were there awaiting him with fine clothes for himself and his wife. However, no one was waiting for Nancy. Nothing's wife was queen over the whole district and had everything her heart could desire. And Nancy's wives could not even get proper food. They had to live on unripe bananas with peppers. The wife of Nothing heard of her friend's miserable state and invited them to a great feast in her palace. That's very nice of her. (laughs) (laughs) They came and were so pleased with all they saw that they agreed to stay there. Accordingly, they refused to come back to Nancy's hut. So Nancy was very angry and tried many ways to kill Nothing, but without success. (laughs) Finally, however, he persuaded some rat friends to dig up a deep tunnel in front of Nothing's door. When the hole was finished, Nancy lined it with knives and broken bottles. He then smeared the steps of the palace with okra to make them very slippery and withdrew a little distance. When he thought Nothing's household was safely in bed and asleep, he called to Nothing to come out to the courtyard courtyard and see something. Nothing's wife, however, dissuaded him from going, and Nancy tried again and again, and each time she bade her husband not to listen. At last, Nothing determined to go and see this thing, um, placed his foot on the first step and, of course, slipped, and down the hole he fell. (laughs) The noise alarmed the household, lights were fetched, and Nothing was found in the ditch, so much wounded by the knives that he soon died. (laughs) I know His wife was terribly grieved at his untimely death So she boiled many yams Mashed them and took a great dish full of them Round the district To every child she met she gave some so So that the child might help her To cry for her husband This is why if you find a child crying And ask the cause You will often be told he is crying for nothing Ha Yeah (laughs) That is the story Oh that's hilarious the end of the story made me laugh because like a lot of the times, especially like as West Africans, when like a child is just crying, the parents are like, oh, they're crying for nothing. Yeah. Oh my days, that's, that's so yeah, funny. Yeah, so it's funny, yeah. You know what's funny about that? I remember there was this one time that my dad thought he was he, he was funny, you know. He actually, um, you know when like, you get in trouble and um, everyone says no, um, no, no one saw who did it or yeah, yeah. someone had to do it or yeah. you know, who did it blah 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 so he named us all like different names like that so he was <laughs> like oh yeah you'll be nobody you'll be somebody you'll be everybody and you'll be yeah. like accordingly yeah. so if whoever one of the first thing is like oh yeah somebody had to do it yeah. it's whoever he named yeah. somebody that would get in trouble <laughs> that one starts real quick yeah that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wow. 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 Well, this is a great story. A great, yeah, great story. Great. I didn't know that that was where it was going. Yeah. Until same. The end. Until the end, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." You had us in the first half. I did. Um, yeah. I didn't know he was gonna die. Um, he did die. I think that was a very steep lesson to learn. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. I feel like, especially in the first half, it's you know, with normally with the Nancy stories, it's like a Nancy's playing the tricks, mm-hmm. but this story very much felt like a Nancy was the one getting played. But obviously, mm. as they always end, he did manage to get the better of his 
Wait, how was the Nazi being played in this one? Played in the sense that he was losing. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Not played like he was being tricked on because obviously yeah. he was the one who took the clothes and thing in the back. Yeah, he was tricking but like, the wires and all that. Yeah, but like normally I would have thought, oh, maybe the story would be like, oh, so Nancy got the wives and then like, I don't know, they all just thought he was rich Mm-mm-mm. and he lived like that. Like, but mm. it had a bit more twist and turns in yeah. it. Yeah, I think they did the trick in the early. In the early, part. yeah, yeah. And then the lessons. You know, don't yeah. judge a book by its cover. Exactly. You know, she's personality. And they must have thought he was so amazing because he had a nice nice bit of nice, clothing. Yeah. And then, you know. They were even house. laughing at the other girl. And, yeah. You know. So, you know, they got what they deserved as well because they seem like shallow people. Yep. Um, peak for the girl at first, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't sound very nice because one. She it wasn't was her given. choice. Yeah. yeah. But you know, all well was that great, ends well. All well that ends well, all right, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone died, so it's not all well that ends well. But, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> See, there's uh, nothing about these tricks of stories. I, I don't think, think that guy deserves to. D- nothing. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's yeah. the thing. I think it's one of those things that with these tricks of stories, it's not about it. You know, good. It's, yeah, it's not about what's fair. Yeah. Or right or wrong. It's just literally it's just what happens. Yeah. You know? Okay, so my tale is about a Nancy and his son. It's called Tit for Tat, and it's an intriguing story. But to be honest, like most of these stories, I think it's like incomplete and it could go a step further. But let me tell you the story and you'll see why. Yeah, another Nancy story. It is, yeah. So Tit for Tat, here it is. Mm -hmm. There had been great famine in the land for many months. Meat had become so scarce that only the rich chiefs had money to buy it. The poor people were starving, and Nancy and his family were in a miserable state. One day, Nancy's eldest son, Kwekusin, um, to his great joy, discovered a place in the forest where um, there were still many animals. Mm-hmm. Knowing his father's wicked ways, Kweku told him nothing of the matter. Anansi, however, speedily discovered that Kweku was returning loaded day after day to the village. There, there he was able to sell the meat at a good price to the hungry villagers. Anansi immediately wanted to know the secret, but his son wisely refused to tell him. The old man determined to find out by a trick. Slipping into his son's room one night, um, when he was fast asleep, he cut a tiny hole in the corner of the bag, um, which Kweku normally carried to the forest. And Nancy then put a quantity of ashes into the bag and replaced and replaced it where he found it. The next morning, as Kweku set up out to the forest, he threw the bag up, as usual over his shoulders. Unknown to him, each at each step, the ashes were sprinkled on the ground. Consequently, when Nancy set out an hour later. He was easily able to follow his son um, by the means of the trails of the ashes. He too arrived at the animal's home in the forest and found Kweku there before him. He immediately drove his son away, saying that by the law of the land, this place belonged to him. Kweku saw how he had been tricked and determined uh, and determined to have the meat back. This kind of sounds like colonization to me, you know. You know someone just arrives in the land and says it's mine. Yeah, nah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, he accordingly went home, and so this Quaker, he went home and he made a tiny image like a doll mm-hmm. and hung bells around its neck. Yeah. He then tied a long thread to its its head, 
and return towards the hunting place. Right. When about halfway there, he hung the image, um, the doll, onto the branch of a tree in its path and hid himself in the bushes nearby, holding the other end of the thread in his hand. So think of it like a Pinocchio-type situation. Well, not Pinocchio, but like a doll puppet, you know, where you can control it on one side. Yeah. Yeah. So, the greedy father, in the meantime, had killed as many animals as he could find, being determined to become as rich as speedily as possible he then skinned them and prepared them and prepared the flesh to carry to the neighboring village to sell at a high price Mm -hmm. taking the first load he set off for his own village halfway there he came to the place where the image was hung in the way thinking that this was one of the gods he stopped at as he approached the image began to shake its head vigorously at him he felt that this meant that the gods were angry. To please them, he said to the image, may I give you some, um, may I give you a little of this meat? Mm -hmm. Again, the image shook its head. May I give you half of the meat? He inquired. The head shook once more. Do you want this whole meat? He shouted fiercely. This time, the head nodded as if the image was, you know, pleased. Mm -hmm. I will not give you all of this meat, Anansi cried. And at this, the image shook it's every limb as if it was in a terrible temper. Mm-hmm. And Nancy was so frightened that he threw the whole load on the ground and ran away. As he ran, he called back, tomorrow I shall go to Ebukun, Ekubun, um, and you will not be able to take my meat away from you, you thief. But Kweku had heard where his father is intended to go the next day mm. and set the image on the, his path again. Mm-hmm. And again, Anansi was obliged to leave his whole load. And again, he called out the name of the place where he would go the following day. He needs day. to stop doing that. He really needs to stop doing that. Um, so the same thing occurred day after day till all of the animals in the woods were killed. By this time, Kweku Sin had become very rich, but his father was still very poor. He was obliged to go to Kweku's house every day for food. Mm. So when the farming was over, famine, when the famine was over, Kweku gave a great feast and invited the entire village. While all of them were gathered together, Kweku told the story of his father's cunning and how it had been overcome. This caused great merriment amongst the villagers. Nancy was so ashamed that he readily promised Kweku that he would refrain from his evil tricks for the future this promise however he did not keep for too long wow yeah, interesting so that's the story it's called tit for tat yeah. but I have questions yeah didn't Anansi see you know um, his son selling the animals that he skinned yeah. after because like okay first time sure sure but, you're like, but if it's every time and then your son's going and selling and yeah like, you should you know, start to you get know you're like, wait, I skinned that. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's my goat or whatever. Mm. Yeah. First question. Second, why did he have to say where he was going? Going every time. Every single time. Like, who does that? Yeah. And the thing is, once you said it, okay, the first two times and you realise, okay, something's up, wouldn't you just put two and two together and be like, okay, yeah. like, maybe I shouldn't say where I'm going. Honestly, and that's why it sort of annoyed me because obviously like this thing was called tit for tat so I, I kind of wanted well, a bit more, more back and, and forth, forth with yeah. like cunning and tricks and, and all of that because Anansi should have been smart enough to yeah. come up with a counter trick 
But maybe this is just the beginning of the tip for tat because at the end you said that the story he didn't keep the promise for long, so maybe it's just yeah, a part yeah. of a bigger mm, mm, mm. tip for tat between him and his son. Yeah, maybe it's more like episodic. Yeah, I must say that the beginning of it, the story, you know, when he, um, he cut the he was fun, he cut the bag with yeah, the grave the bag, and he was yeah. following it. It reminded me of that felt tale I said ages ago I think it was about the fufu tree oh yes the, yes, the, the man yeah. who yeah yeah because that's the same like trick that they used to like follow their dad yeah that is very true maybe yeah. it's maybe it's, it's a well documented thing yeah. to follow someone else. maybe it's a tracking method yeah I think it is probably a tracking yeah. method yeah cool. yeah and also to do with that there's another story that this reminded me of I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember it now um let's see Nancy yeah you know how um um, his son hung the thing on the tree yeah. and then moved it around it reminded me of a trick that Nancy did um, in his main story to do with like, how he won the Sky God's story ah. um, where, how he tricked the you know the fairy the Montia yes, fairy yes. by um, he actually had a doll that he attached to it which like, shook its head for yes or no um, which then tricked the fairy to slap the doll and get stuck to it Yeah. so I think his it, it, I think it's like a really interesting thing that maybe his son learned from, from his, his tricks yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll think that he would see it coming then because yeah. he knew about that trick but yeah that is the second story in this minisode yeah that was that was a great second story and also the last story yes yeah, <laughs> because yeah. we only did one each but it was really good mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. the Nazi stories coincidentally yeah we didn't know that Um, but both great yeah Nancy, I swear we could do a whole series of announcements. A whole stories. podcast about Nancy in this way. It's just so yeah. interesting as a character. It really is. Um, it really is. But yeah, so that's all from us. We hope you enjoyed this minisode. Let us know how you found this minisode by leaving a review. Mm-hmm. And you can stay up to date with us and what's going on in our studio by following us on TikTok and Instagram at adechi.atelier. So stay up to date on our process. We've got some new paintings. We do. We actually have works. a lot of paintings. We have a lot of paintings lined up. Yeah. yeah, and we just keep starting new ones. So, you know, yeah. y'all got to see the process. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. And we hope you've enjoyed this little bite-sized treat of an episode. And until next time, and as always, thank you for taking the time to explore the world of African mythology with us. Your hosts. Adechi. Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. Whichever way you want to say it. Peace to the streets. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Yeah. Actually, Actually. listen to the next. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the next episode because that one should be released before Christmas. Yes, that one should be released before Christmas. No, it will be released before Christmas. It will be released before (laughs) Christmas. And there in that episode, we will say happy Christmas. (laughs) Yes, Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Is it happy Christmas or Merry Christmas? Yeah, it's Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Uh, Ah, I thought it was and happy New Year. No, yeah, obviously there's that too. But like recently people have been saying happy holidays as well as Merry Christmas because some people don't celebrate Christmas. So you can say happy holidays. Yeah, but then you won't say Merry Christmas and happy holidays. I'm covering all bases here, okay? (laughs) I'm covering all bases. (laughs) Merry Christmas to Christmas Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays to holidays. (laughs) Have a good time and just have a great day. And enjoy and relax. Bye. Adios.